0: This is episode 387, How to Stop Attacking or Retreating During Times of Conflict with Micah. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they wanna accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I always love having you here. Thank you for listening. If you have a chance to head over and leave a review for a show and rate the show, that really helps the show growth and it means a lot to me. So thank you to any, everyone and anyone who's done that already. Also, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? If you are single, you're probably like, oh, Valentine's Day, I don't even want to think about it. Or maybe you're going to make it a day of love for yourself. Well, I actually have an invitation for you. If you are single and you are a lady looking for a gentleman, then join Steph and I for a free masterclass on how to call in epic love. This is a class I love to teach with my husband because calling in love for me was a very challenging and long (laughs) labor of love, we could say, and I love to share the process that completely transformed me and brought stuff into my life pretty quick once I walk myself through it. And the reason why this program is for single ladies looking for men is because it's based on my own personal experience. So I don't ever want to exclude anyone from anything that I do, but I also don't like teaching things that I haven't really lived myself. So this is a class that is based on my journey. And so if you want to join us, you can go to slash love masterclass. And again, it is free, and if you can't join us live, then you can get the recording, but if you are going to join us live, it is February 14th at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. So again, that link is at christineassler.com slash love masterclass, and I hope to see you there. Today, I have a beautiful call with Micah, who's asking about how she can change her response and become more empowered, my words, not hers, but I think she'd probably agree with me. When it comes to people not using the preferred pronouns that she's asked them to use. All right, so let's talk about today's episode. I'm actually re-recording the intro and outro of this episode because the topic of this episode was about, yes, how to handle conflict, how not to get super angry or retreat in times of conflict. The subject matter is with Micah. And the conflict they are talking about is they identify as non-binary and they get upset and, and hurt when people aren't using their respected pronouns. I had a lovely coaching call with Micah and we talked about so many different things that I think a lot of you are going to relate to. And I remember as I was coaching her making a mental note to myself to say, Christine, remember in the intro and outro to use the correct pronouns and then I'm embarrassed to say I recorded the intern outro and put the podcast up and I did not use their preferred pronouns. Luckily, many of you listeners are very kind and messaged me on Instagram and sent emails to my support team. Bring my awareness to this and I appreciate many of you for how you communicated, what you communicated. And I just was, oh, My stomach just sank because here I was having a beautiful conversation with Micah and then doing the very thing that they want people to stop doing. So my sincere apologies. The first person I reached out to about this was Micah and we had a lovely dialogue back and forth about it. Big learning for me, big learning for my team. I didn't catch it. My editor didn't catch it. My show notes person didn't catch it. So huge learning for us. And I think in this day and age, we all are learning. We're learning how in this specific example to change language. I mean, I've been using certain pronouns for 40 something years and that's not an excuse or a cop out. It's humanizing the fact that we're, we're all learning and I take full responsibility and I messed up and it wasn't on my editor or my show notes person. It was really on me. So I re-recorded the intro and the outro and put this episode back up because it's such a beautiful episode and I most want to thank Micah for teaching me and helping me in this learning. Another big learning I had from this, and I think a lot of you will relate to this, is not to do things that matter to us when we're not 100% or at least 70%. So I don't know if you know that we had huge ice storms in Texas. We were out of our house for three days because our power was out. We moved in with my parents. And that's when I was recording all this. And I recorded the intro and outro late at night when I was tired and also sick. And again, not an excuse, but it created a carelessness. And so... Again, I take ownership for that. And I encourage all of you when you're having an important conversation, when you're doing something that matters, instead of just wanting to get it done and get it off your to do list, really give it the time and energy and effort and attention that it truly deserves. So, thank you all for your patience with me. As I learn, we are all human, we all make mistakes. And I think the most important things about mistakes is that we own them, we take responsibility for them, we learn, and we correct them. Before we dive in, I wanna thank my sponsor for this week. And I cannot tell you how excited I am about this sponsor because I am obsessed with this product. It is called Sensate, and I have one. I actually got one, and it was like, I have to have them as a sponsor on my podcast because I love this thing. So what it is, it's an infrared Resonance device that, when paired with the sessions in the companion app, works towards reducing stress, improving well being, and helping sleep. So, I got to admit, since postpartum, I've had a lot of trouble sleeping. <laughs> now, Athena's sleeping better, but my cortisol is all messed up. My sleep patterns are all messed up. And just being a mom in that first year, my brain is wired to just kind of be half asleep because I'm always wondering if my baby's okay. And I've needed things to help calm my nervous system, to help regulate, and I put this on my chest. You put the device on your on your chest, and it vibrates and pulsates and does all this really cool thing that impacts your your vagus nerve. And I swear, I go to sleep. <laughs> it's so amazing. So what it does is it emits these infrasonic sound waves that are synchronized with the soundscapes in the app to provide deep relaxation in 10 to 30 minute sessions. So it helps release stress, anxiety, but also increases your stress resilient over time, improves your heart rate variability, and helps with better quality sleep. I can attest to that. So it works on toning your vagus nerve, which is all something that we need to tone and relax. I love this thing and I'm excited that you get a $30 off code to use when you go and purchase one. It is worth the investment in my experience. I got my parents one for Christmas. I really do love this thing. So go to GetSensei.com and enter promo code over it in the checkout box. So Sensate is spelled S-E-N-S-A-N. T E. So again, get sensei.com. Use promo code over it in the checkout box to get your $30 off. And now on to my coaching call with Micah. Micah, welcome to the show. How can I help?
1: Hey, Christine. So I came out as non-binary in November of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I've had some friction trying to establish my pronouns, which are they, them, with people who normally associate me as as female, like she, her pronouns. Mm-hmm. And I sort of realized beyond that, that I have trouble with conflict, just generally speaking. Mm. And as an aspiring life coach, I feel like mm. that's something I should probably get a handle on so I can <laughs> help my
0: client. Aren't we always our best client? Oh, <laughs> we are. Okay. So. When you define, when you say conflict, tell me what you mean by that.
1: Like somebody in the case of my gender identity, somebody not using my pronouns, even after I've told them like, Hey, this is how I identify. It means a lot to me. If you use these like parameters to Mm -hmm. discuss me Mm -hmm. and they just don't, or they don't like make an effort to.
0: Okay. So it's not a refusal. It's just forgetting or not making a priority or not making a conscious effort? Or is it, is it both? You have people that are just like, no, I'm not doing that. Or is it more, I'm just not aware of it. It's not my awareness and I'm not making it enough of a priority.
1: It's a bit of both. Okay. I do encounter some people who are like, what are you talking about? No, you're, of course you're a woman. I'm only going to call you a woman. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really want anything to do with you now. Yeah. Uh, So I'm pretty good about like just shutting them down and like not dealing with them, but you know, it's still stressful when someone pushes back.
0: Okay. Okay. So to you, conflict is when, or a version of conflict is when you make a request and someone either pushes back or doesn't honor it and you have to go back and remind them. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And what does conflict bring up in you? What does it trigger in you? What kind of feelings or thoughts or both?
1: Yeah. Primarily hurt. And then it goes one of two ways. Either I completely roll over Mm. and acquiesce or I get really, really mad. And then mm. it's like full on confrontation.
0: Mm. Which do you prefer? Neither. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Neither of those Option really
0: C. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And is it just in the gender identity conversation or does this show up in other aspects of your life?
1: It shows up in other aspects of my life yeah. too. Like I do tarot readings on the weekends and I'm fairly young and I look younger than I am. So occasionally I'll have a client who's been reading tarot for like 50 years and they want a reading from me and then they just like rip me to shreds and they're like, no, that's all wrong. Or I don't like the way you do this. And it's like, you got the reading from me. Mm-hmm. But the first time it happened, I was so shocked that I was just like, uh, sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so as an aspiring coach, I'm sure that you've thought about this and you listen to the show, you're an aspiring coach, you know, that usually what triggers us is bringing up something from our past that never really got handled in the best way. And so it's just sitting on top of a sore button. What do you think this brings up for you? (laughs)
1: Uh, It almost definitely goes back to my biological father. He was kind of a tyrant in my life uh, for a very long time. And like his word was law, absolutely nothing could be pushed back to him. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's probably some part of me still that is like, oh, well, I can't say no, or I can't push back because if I do the consequences, they're gonna be so much worse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's two versions of that suppression and oppression. There's the one I can't push back, but then there's also like, going to be a huge desire for freedom and a huge desire to, to be able to do whatever you want? and have no repercussions of it. So there's the one part of you that's like, I got to be the rule follower. Otherwise, it's not going to turn out so well. And there's another part of you that wants to rebel against everything and say, (laughs) fuck all y'all, and I'm going to do whatever I want, right? So do you ever feel that conflict inside of you? Like every day. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I would say that most of us don't really like conflict. So I like to... Hold conflict and look at conflict as clarifying conversations. And same with confrontation. It's like confronting someone doesn't feel good to me, it feels like going up and pushing them. But having a clarifying conversation with someone feels like pulling them forward. You know, so if we just use the gender pronoun conversation, the gender identity pronoun conversation as an example, and I want to uh-huh. go deeper on the dad and the freedom, if you're willing, is really having a clarity conversation and saying, hey, I noticed that I've made this request of you and you're not honoring it. I'm just curious why. Have you ever gone at it with curiosity? Can't say that I have. I've gone
1: after it with resentment, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, well, it's hurtful because, and I I, I appreciate that because it feels really disrespectful because this is something that's really, really important to you and you deserve it. And so well, I I stand with you on that, and people humans can human. I'm not defending humans, but sometimes people <laughs> need to be taught. You know, people need to be taught, and I also can go okay. Well, it's not your responsibility to teach them. However, if you want to be treated a certain way, sometimes it is because some people will just get it. I'm sure you've made that request of some people, and they just get it right. Oh yeah, and others need to be taught. And if it's someone that you want to have in your life, they're not the see you later people, but they're someone you want to have in your life. I just encourage you to try to go at it with curiosity and not opening a conversation where you have to justify or defend your decisions, but more the curiosity about, is there a reason you're not honoring my request and just getting curious about that? Have I not communicated it to you? with enough importance? Do you not think I'm serious about it? Are you just forgetting because I'm making up a story that you don't care and I don't want to make up a story about you because you're really important to me. So I'm just trying to get curious about what's making this difficult for you. That's brilliant. Yeah. And it's just, it's just curiosity and it's not you having to defend. It's not necessarily you having to teach them either, but Subtly, you are right because you're opening the conversation with curiosity and it's creating connection because that's the thing about curiosity it can create connection and if you just say this is a story I'm making up about your action and I don't really want to think that about you let's clarify it what's really happening okay does that sound like something that is resonant with you that would be authentic to you and feels good
1: it would take guts, but I've got guts. So yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have guts. You totally have guts. What feels gutsy about it?
1: Uh, just opening that because I've spent most of my formative years in sort of a state of defense mm-hmm. or like looking over my shoulder, you know, it's
0: because of dad or the other things going on as well.
1: Oof, everything mm-hmm. father primarily, but yeah. And so like trying to emotionally lay down the sword and be like, let's have a conversation.
0: It's
1: a little foreign, but I know I can do that.
0: And probably part of your healing too. Because what your nervous system needs to start feeling is that people are safe. (laughs) It's been like the theme of the last four years. Yeah. Yeah. Only, only four years. (laughs) It's a lifetime thing (laughs) for a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. That people are, that people are safe. And of course, not all people, not all people, but not all people are tyrants either. And not all people are there to oppress you or shut you down or not respect you or not hear you. Because what I think, especially the pronoun conversation triggers in you is just the feeling of not being heard. If you had a dad that's, is my way or the highway, you feel very unseen and unheard and not respected because your own expression is muffled. You have to do things his way. So of course, when you're expressing you know, who you are and saying, this is how I want to be identified and that's not respected, it's going to trigger all that dad stuff as well, which makes it hard to have more of those adult conversations, the ones we're talking about that take guts, because in that moment you time travel and you're a little one again. Yeah. So this is where that going to the more tender parts inside of you Saying, you know, I I got this. It's okay. We are free to express. We have every right to ask for what we want. We have every right to be who we are. We don't need anyone's approval. No one's the boss of us anymore. He's never the boss of us, but it feels like that as a child, you know. And you talk to that more tender part, who still probably is waiting to, like, have her expression stifled again. Or excuse me have their expression stifled again. I was thinking more when you were a little girl. Yeah. 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 So what's coming up for you as I'm saying this?
1: Uh, It's really resonating. I definitely can go back to instances like specific events where I tried to express myself and was just completely shut down, you know, from the time I was three up until I was in my mid twenties. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I've done a lot of work around making myself a safe person to be around, uh, for myself, but there's still that hurdle of other people. And so I think, uh, having those kinds of conversations and like approaching things with curiosity is probably a really good place to start as far as healing those wounds and establishing that others are safe.
0: And have you always felt, I know you came out as non-binary in 2020. Have you always felt that way since you were young?
1: Yeah, it was yeah. like being a little girl and playing dress up. You know, you like put on all these dresses and you paint your nails and you have a little tea party with your friends. It felt like it was doing that every single day. My mm-hmm. entire it was
0: oh. just exhausting. That must have been really confusing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had this own internal. what Do you did you feel any shame about that? Uh. <laughs>
1: Yes. And I took it the opposite direction and tried to be the absolute best girl anybody could ever be Mm. as a teenager. Mm. And then it wasn't until, you know, the pandemic happened and we had those lockdowns and that where I was like, I don't have to wear a bra for like four months. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what I also just want to, to presence is there's a, you know, a fight that you've had to fight since you were young of it just having to fight to be something and to, you know, it, it's proving that you were girly enough or whatever it was. And so as you were saying, I'm going to lie down the sword, I also would love for you to, to lie down the proving sword. Like there's nothing you have to prove and why the lack of respect for people using the right pronouns and really respecting how you identify or acknowledging it in their language or how we want to say it, it again, triggers the like, I have to prove, I have to prove this is who I am. This is who I am, you know? And so I think that there's, and this is a lesson for all of us, there's even a deeper level of radical self-acceptance. And yes, you want people to address you by the pronouns that you prefer to be called by. And at the same time, I hope this comes out the wrong way, way, I want it not to matter so much. And what I mean by that is I want you to feel so confident in who you are and how you identify that if someone doesn't use the right pronoun, you can correct them, but it doesn't pull up the rage in you and the hurt in you because that's exhausting. Does this make sense what I'm saying?
1: That makes perfect sense. Yeah, and that's the point I'm trying to get to.
0: Yeah. But the the reason it brings up so much emotion from my perspective, and please tell me if I'm off base here, is because you've had a lifetime of trying to prove yeah, trying to be accepted.
1: And, and somehow always missing the mark. Well, well, what do you mean by that? No matter how girly I was, Or, like, how effeminate I tried to be, I always got lumped in as quote unquote one of the guys. And I felt more comfortable there because I was like, there's no pretension here, but, or no pretext that I have to like hold myself to. But, you know, it was always like, I'm trying really hard to be a girl because that's what I am. Mm -hmm. Except, uh, and then it just got really
0: messy and confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what's the lesson learned from that? I get to define how I identify and how right. that feels. Right. And when you try to be something or someone that you're not, one, it
1: mm-hmm. doesn't
0: work for you. And two, it, it doesn't feel authentic to others either. Yeah. Yeah. And it's exhausting. You said it. You know, I see you at the girly stuff, doing the girly things, just like trying so hard and being exhausted versus going and doing just the more things that felt authentic to you. And your words, one of the guys and just being able to be like, Oh, I can take off the mask. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So if, and when the trigger happens where someone you've asked to refer to you as they, them, and it calls you, she, her using that as an example, if it happens again, I just want you to practice noticing what happens to your nervous system, what happens to your body. And if there's that zero to 100 reaction of either like, I'm going to kill you or I want to go yeah. in the corner and cry. You know, one ah. of the two. It's either, that's what happens with triggers. We either attack or collapse. Yeah. So notice if you want to attack and collapse, just see if you can ground yourself in that moment, regulate your nervous system a little bit. One of my favorite ways is hand on chest, hand on heart. Breathe into the moment. Make your request from here and now, because if you attack or collapse, you've time traveled. So make your request from here and now and say, as a reminder, this is how I request you refer to me and see if you can start making the requests and course correcting or using the curiosity example that I gave you without attacking or collapsing. And remember, outer experience is a reflection of inner reality. So the more you radically accept yourself, and I'm not just talking about the gender identity stuff. I'm talking about all of it, all the (laughs) ways you, because the identity stuff is just one piece of who we are. Yeah. All the ways that you can come into radical acceptance of yourself. And, like, also, like, apologize that younger part for her having to fake it and wear so many masks and just being like, hey, little one, you get to be whoever you are now. No more dressing up. No more wearing masks. You're free. You're free. And free that part of you that felt so stifled and so imprisoned by thinking she needed to be something else. And I think the more you do that, the more acceptance you'll even feel from the outside world.
1: Yeah.
0: I can do that. Yeah. This big stuff. This isn't, this isn't easy. You know, I'm not, I'm not telling you, Oh, just pull an Oracle card every night. Like this is a hard (laughs) assignment. (laughs) But one that is, I think, so part of your soul's path and so part of, you know, what you're here to learn. And if we take all identity, be it race, gender, age, if we take it all out, all we are, each one of us is love. Each one of us is love. And often it takes the people who don't fit into a mold to teach those who do fit in more of a mold That nothing really matters, but who someone's essence is, who they are as a human on this planet is just love. And that's, that's it. That's the bottom line that all of us are here to learn. And from my perspective, this soul path learning that I'm referring to, that radical level of acceptance is like really knowing and feeling yourself as love as whole and complete, perfect for who you are and embodying love. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, that does. Yeah. Yeah. And the more you see and experience yourself as that, the more other people will see that. And again, like I said, that's all that matters. Really. We get so caught up in labels and other things and, I don't know if you listened to the coach's corner I did on happiness, but at the end of the day, all that matters is love and connection. That's it. That's it. So what I don't want to happen for you is that this like need to feel seen and need to prove yourself and need to be understood and referred to correctly disconnects you from people. Do you know what I mean by that?
1: It becomes so wrapped
0: up in the armor that you don't see anything else. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You're brilliant. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yep. And like I said, I totally stand with you and asking for what you need, and being who you are. What I am saying is, like, you don't have to go to war for it.
1: (laughs) What a novel concept. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Used to go into war for just about everything.
0: Yeah, it's very tiring. And you end up with a lot of battle wounds. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to go into war, what do you want to go into?
1: That is not a question I was expecting to answer today. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. Well, you don't have to have an answer for me. It could be something that you think about.
1: Yeah. I know I'm here to teach people how to love essentially like Mm. that's one of my soul purposes yes um and i think anger is kind of the the part of us that tells us that we weren't loved or that a boundary was crossed essentially and so a lot of people are in that go to war mentality and it's like i kind of want to lead by example in teaching people to just kind of like You can put your sword down. You can take off your armor. There you go.
0: That kind of thing. I think you're well on your way. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah, for bringing such an important question on many levels to the conversation here on this podcast. I so appreciate your question, appreciate your vulnerability and honesty. And I really love the conversation that we got to have because we got to talk about how to respond to people that aren't respecting you with curiosity versus having to be confrontational. I think what scares most of us about conflict is we think we have to be confrontational. And if we don't attack, then our only other option is to retreat. So we either charge ahead or we collapse. And that's a dynamic I see in myself. I see it in others. It's a very, very common dynamic. So how do we stay neutral? Well, one, we have to stop time traveling. What I mean by that is in those moments when Micah felt like they weren't being heard and they weren't being seen for who they are, what is triggering is the little one inside of them. What is getting triggered is the little one inside of them, back to when they were a child and they had an impressive dad and they felt like they were doing everything they could to prove they were a girl and really didn't feel seen. And so it's hard to have a neutral adult reaction when a younger part is triggered. So what we talked about is moving into that place of curiosity. And curiosity is so powerful. It's one of the most underused <laughs> responses and ways of being, I think. And I notice when I get curious about something, I can disarm the defenses of another person. My own nervous system doesn't get dysregulated, and I often have a more productive conversation. This happened over the weekend with my husband. He did something, I didn't really understand it. And if I'd said, Why did you do it? He would have felt attacked. But I just said, I'm just curious. I want to get into your head because I'm not quite understanding this choice. Could you explain it to me? And I didn't do it with a tone, I just really did it with curiosity. And he was able to hear me. When you approach people with curiosity, they're really able to hear. And then we can make direct requests more from that place of vulnerability and authenticity. The other thing that Mike and I talked about was her past with her father. So having that oppressive, his way kind of relationship with him is going to make them feel like they just want their freedom. And what I found in most people I've coached who had any kind of really strict oppressive parent is there's an inner rebel inside of them that just wants to break out. There's a part of them that wants to be quote unquote different or at least different from what their parents wanted them to be, wants to be free. And when we live in one extreme, we're going to go the other. So when we're in the extreme of I have to be a certain way, we're going to want to rebel in some other way. And I'm not saying in any way, shape or form Micah is rebelling per se, but they've got that rebel part that wants to fight. Hold on, let me say that again. And I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that Micah is rebelling, but they've got that rebel part that just wants to fight, that wants to be like, no, you have to respect me and understand me and call me by the pronouns I prefer. And they have every right to want that and to get that and to feel that way. But what they didn't want was to have that attack, was to have that sword. They wanted to put down that sword. And that's what we talked about, how they can lay that sword down. And a big part of it is also talking to that little one inside of them that part is like, oh, I'm scared that if you don't fight, I'm not going to be seen. I'm going to morph into something I don't want to be and let them know this part of them is finally free. Micah finally feels free to be who they want to be. And anytime they feel any kind of oppression or not being respected or not being heard, it's going to activate that part. So we talked about really being with that little one, telling them they're seen, telling them they can be whoever they want, and telling them their days of proving themselves or proving they're a girl or proving they're enough for their dad or whatever the proving is are over. That's why that communication with that younger part is always so important. It just always in some way, shape, or form comes back to that. So those are your takeaways for today. Really looking at, okay, do I either attack or retreat? How can I lay down the sword? Come to that place of curiosity, which is going to be more empowering. And if I've got this part in me that wants to rebel, that wants to fight, that wants to just be free, basically, because that's what rebels want. (laughs) They want to be free from wherever they feel constrained by. Then I encourage you to work with that part. Tell that part that it is free, that they don't have to prove, that they don't have to fight, that they aren't oppressed Anymore and the more we can find that inside ourselves Then often case the less we find that in our outside world now I'm not saying there isn't oppression and people that don't respect who we are and people that have their judgments however when we can really come into full self-acceptance We often can teach people how to treat us a little better we often have better words to say to people That don't respect us and we also aren't letting our own nervous system get dysregulated just because of someone else's ignorance or judgments or stubbornness or whatever it is in my life I have found that self-acceptance is one of the hardest things to get to but also one of the most liberating things to get to all right everybody that's our show for today sending you so much love and many blessings until next time